Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nagno Radio. I'm Ahlam. Not us actually being Nagnols and uploading weekly. Who is she? Um, I'm Yasmin. Thank you so much for the support and always motivating us to do it. Yes, the love we've been getting on our content has been crazy. So, like, thank you so much for all the constant support and love. We really, really, really appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, it means so much to us. Like, we love getting to know you guys on a deeper level with all these connections forming, friendships, everything. So thank you so much. We appreciate it way more than you know. Yes. Um, like, literally, we've been getting DMs about people, like, talking about their ayayas, talking about their aunties, their hoyas. So it's been super nice. Such a fresh dose of fresh air. Um, but yeah, so we have so much to cover today and also need your help. When discussing current issues that are, are sensitive, um, we're thinking we need a new segment name. So if you can help us with that, I think it's so insensitive for us to have it under Bukhambalayo. Like that is not vibe. Yeah, that's vibe. So let us know and share your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram. It can be this cool thing where like whoever comes up with the best name, like it's an incentive, something like that. So yeah. So yeah, please let us know. For this week, uh, we will be covering a bit of heavy topics. Um, and But after that, we have an amazing interview with Ikran from BuzzFeed, BTS Ikran. So we hope you enjoy. <laughs> so as Afam said, so much has pa- happened these past few weeks and has been very heavy. I'll let Afam take the lead in this one. Yeah, so like, um, I just feel like the past like two weeks, I just been seeing GoFundMe, somebody's mom died, GoFundMe, somebody's wife died. And it's been like, so like scary because like subhanAllah mm. like COVID has impact our community like firsthand mm. but also like um I think Yasmin you watch Gasa Gasa um YouTube yeah I do mm-hmm. like I think there's like just being in the diaspora like we relate so much and like I feel like every Somali mom is literally like it's almost like your mom like you just you know you call yeah. her naturally you feel the same with her so like like millions of people like fell in love with Gasa Gasa who's a Somali YouTuber um and it was so like it was a lot to take in Ibrahim my little brother texted me he was like oh my god his mom died and like I literally like was so heavy like I just it was never met her subhanAllah but like yeah. her presence and just how amazing she was on his videos and how funny she was like everybody felt like that was their own mom so, because yeah. you could see that you could see how much it impacted the community not only like him personally but like the fact that his mom touched so many lives is just amazing and the GoFundMe that he started and how he really said if your Hoya is here now and you're not getting along with her please do whatever it takes like he, I wish I could see my mom for one more day and it just made me think like subhanAllah like we're only in this life for such a short amount of time so to really like what's the word like not taking not, your voice for granted. Yeah, not taking your mom for granted and knowing that, like, Jenna's under your mom's feet, you know? So it's, like, really scary. Like, I know, like, when I heard that, that like, I immediately took, called my mom. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, yo, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I know, Mahalaha, they had this amazing voice note of his mom's last voice note. And that was traumatizing for me. Like, I literally was just sobbing. Yeah. I watched it and I was sobbing right before work. And I went to a meeting. I said, now I'm going like, I have a lot going on. But yeah, like she was amazing. So we'll link the GoFundMe below, inshallah. And um, and all of our condolences to Khasafas and his family. And may Allah grant them sabr. Sabr and Iman. And also grant his mom Jannah. We are praying for you all. Um, And also, like, if any of our uh, listeners have loved ones who passed away and want to share their GoFundMe's, we would love to share it. Um, But yeah. And also, yeah, that was something that was super heavy. May Allah grant his mom Jannah. May Allah give him sabr. Yeah. And the other thing we wanted to talk about was the rise of hate crimes against Asian Americans. Yeah, so it's not looking pretty. Basically, there was an attack 
on eight women, six of whom were Asians, and the media literally glazed over it, saying that the shooter had a bad day, and we're all over here, like, call it, like, what it is. It's Asian hate crimes. Like, literally, how many older Asian elders getting robbed, getting beaten? Like, it's just, like, it's happening time and time again, and the media isn't, isn't saying anything about it. They're silent. Like, and us as minorities, we have to stick together and, like, defend each other because we're all... I don't know how to explain it. Like we're all minorities and we all like deserve to be there for each other, you know? And I feel like we should stand with our Asian brothers and sisters. Yeah. And I also like was talking to my coworker about this earlier today, but I'm like the whole concept of like el- people beating up Asian elders is like so like annoying. Cause I'm like, bro, if you really mean it, fight somebody your age. Like, why are you harming these AAs and AWOs and skiash? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't do anything to deserve you. And you already know that they don't know the language. They don't really know how to navigate like like we're taking advantage of the weakest link and that's so cowardly like, yeah I, I also heard that they were attacking them because they, they were trying to blame them for covid first of all america and all of europe spread covid so it's time for us to get beat up somebody beat my ass up for spreading yeah, COVID. look at south korea bro japan all the major aging countries literally are moving as if everything's normal we're the ones that are in a lockdown because we're stupid we didn't listen it's our fault like what the hell i feel like america should be blamed for covid wholeheartedly like we're literally been leaving the country since may so the world i mean did you see did you see miami florida spring break bro hasn't like Like, what the hell like why some poor i was i i see my friend was telling me she's seen a video of this uh chinese lady in san francisco this adang guy tried to attack her and she beat the fuck out of him i said as you should yeah you, should. you know if, if they come trying to attack you back at them bro Literally. yeah but like if you live in a community that has a lot of asian americans please show your love please show your support um i yeah. know doing a lot of volunteering for helping um asian elders walk you know what's so scary to me about this is like um i live in seattle as a lot of the listeners know and there's a huge like Asian community Asian population yeah yeah we have a lot of Vietnamese and stuff like that so growing up I'd always see like Vietnamese elders early in the morning they would walk they'd like to go in the walk it's kind of I think their tradition yeah so it scares me to know Muskinash and now they're going to, in their walks in fear like what the hell like it's disgusting this country every day bro it comes up with a new lingo and it's always the white people the white man the white Literally, you know what killed me though I'm really saying that the shooter had a bad day that really like that didn't sit right with my spirit like when you have a bad day you have a you have a heavy meal you order some yeah pizza. literally why what do you mean the sheriff was like he had a bad day like i'm still like no wonder why america's the laughing laughing stock like literally yeah. oh my god also bro did you see trigger trigger warning trigger warning um i don't know if i should talk about it because we're gonna have to put it in the beginning it's cool but we'll talk about it next week but bro when i tell you america is literally literally the biggest joke like every day i'm reminded that maybe our parents would have immigrated here sorry guys y'all know i love america <laughs> it's the best country in the whole wide world <laughs> other than the show we have but um so what the kind they say fbi translator what's up holla at me what's up jake hey jake i know i know but yeah bro it's been such a heavy week it's been a lot going on um, but in, in a, in, I guess a light and alhamdulillah, it seems like the vaccines are working and numbers are going down. A lot of states are opening mm-hmm. up and back to reality, as they say, should be soon, inshallah. Yeah, like, although life is getting back to normal, we would like to emphasize, stop going to Somalia, Somaliland, and Djibouti. Guri gina fadiya. Guri gina fadiya. Stay at home. Stay at home. As Dabasar said, stay home. Stay home. What the, hadilina, hadilina, what the, bro, people... 
I'm sorry, but it's not necessary for you to go to Hamar. It really is. It's not, it's not necessary for you to go, hey, Gaysa, is it? Like, it's not really, love. Stay home. Like, stop spreading COVID. Do you know what I mean? Like, bloody hell. Allah, stay your ass at home. There's Bro. no need for you to leave. What a good joke. Why am I seeing people spending a uh, first too. time at home, uh, like super excited to, to connect my family? Please, I'm not looking at Islam. Let's see. Like, literally, it's disgusting, bro. So why is Lily having a COVID spike? Because somebody's, uh, someone can't stay at, in Seattle, Washington. I have these, like, Seattle, Washington has ventilators for your ass. Somalia doesn't. Literally, like, bro, the UK's lockdown is lifted June 21st. So we have until June 21st to get our bodies right. <laughs> get it snatched. So stay at home. Go to, do your own home workouts. Chloe Ting. Like, I don't know. Do something. And it's also spring, so a lot of people kept saying, oh, I need to get to Somalia. I need to go to Somalia because, like, the sun. Girl, there's sun in the UK and in America. Do your walks here. Like, bro, it really pisses me off because I'm like, you, everybody knows. Minnesota has sidewalks. Go for a walk. Go for a jog. I've been going for a walk. My Ohio folks, I'm so sorry. I know we don't got sidewalks, so I understand, but... Everybody else, you know what? I do not support you going back home. But yeah, on a serious note, guys, like if you are thinking of going back to Somalia, Somaliland, or Djibouti, wait it out, get vaccinated, you know, look at the system. Um, I know that Somalia is having a huge COVID spike, so please stay home. Be thoughtful of those, be thoughtful of your surroundings. Like, you know, Somalia already doesn't have a lot of resources to back up the pandemic. So don't go and spread it. Home and like watch, you know? Like, it's fine. Like, you're not going to die if you don't go somewhere. Exactly. Like, but... Yeah, everyone. So I want to smile. So I'm going to smile. I need to But yeah, it's been a mm-hmm. tough week, y'all. It's just been like, you know, bad vibes overall. But we'll get through it, inshallah. Yeah, guys. Stay your ass at home. It ain't hard. It's fine. You'll survive. We're all doing it. And inshallah, you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure to hit us up on what you think our segment should be called. We're open to all suggestions. Yeah, um, yeah, and in this episode, inshallah, we interviewed the amazing Ikran. A lot of people know her from Ikran from BuzzFeed or Ikran BTS. Ikran BTS. <laughs> she's an amazing person, um, and she's been somebody we literally looked up to since the day of. Like, she literally does. Yeah, since literally high, high school. school. Like, I love Ikran so much. Like, yeah. she's inspired me to want to become a journalist and just like share my writing. And literally, like, it's all yeah. her who like paved the way. Like, Ikran is the blueprint. Period. So yeah, we hope you enjoy it, inshallah. Bye. Bye. And for today's interview, we have the beloved Ikram coming to us all the way from the UK. You know her best as Ikram from BuzzFeed or BTS Queen. It's so nice to finally sit down with you and get to know you on a whole other level. I've been keeping up with your work ever since I was in high school, and I'm so excited for other people to get the chance to know you. Oh, what an introduction. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really excited to do this. I've been loving your Instagram. Oh yeah, thank you. No, thank you so much for coming. Really appreciate it. I know it's a bit late for you in the UK, but I was wondering, um, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's life? Um, I feel like I've just been in this weird pandemic mood for like almost a year now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't plan. I'm just vibing for 11 months. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the dream though, isn't it? So many people will be like, that's such a, but they don't realize all the hard work that you've put into like your work so since you're a journalist and living so many of our childhood dreams because I know I wanted to be a journalist growing up why did you decide to study journalism and make this your career um believe it or not it was actually a last minute decision it was literally the week before 
the university deadlines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, to my media teacher, I was like, hey, how can I get something in a magazine? She was like, do journalism. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but obviously before that, I had been writing and stuff before. So it wasn't like completely random, but I was planning yeah. to do psychology for like the whole year. I'd been doing like volunteering and mentoring mm-hmm. and counseling and stuff like that. And then it was like a last minute switch. But yeah, I studied journalism at Brunel University in London and it was a great experience. I made some friends that I'm still friends with and learned some very valuable stuff. No, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's so inspiring. Like you just got lucky what you're listening to your immediate teacher, I guess. A lot of us went through hell and back to find what we want to study. So that's yeah. So as a millennial Gen Z, I feel like we're known to make job hopping a personality trait. Like we're constantly just switching jobs and stuff. Yeah. But mashallah, like I feel like you went against stereotypes and you've been at BuzzFeed for so long. Like why did you first decide to work there? And like what has made you stay there for so long? Um, It's been four and a half years now. Wow, mashallah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it hasn't been <laughs> a random break. It hasn't been that long. Uh, that's how, because it's just like just a bit longer than a uni degree but also I've seen loads of colleagues come and go um I feel like because when I started I was writing different type of stories and now I'm writing slightly more developed stories mm-hmm. it feels like a different job every day too like one mm-hmm. day I'm writing the next day I'm posting on Instagram it's just because there's so many things I can do yeah. I don't have a point in leaving and I kind yeah. of have a lot of flexibility and what I can pitch and stuff and yeah it's just like comfortable yeah no it's amazing I I also think that because you're you're constantly doing new things you just your brain's able to constantly be in a state of change so you don't feel like yeah change environment which is nice like innovating it's fun Although, like, for me, I know, like, um, like when I was in high school and, like, even, like, my freshman year of college, BuzzFeed was, like, constantly criticized and not taken seriously, like, in the media space. But I think BuzzFeed has, like, time and time proved again, like, against all odds of what kind of, like, website magazine that it is. Are there any stories where you sat there and felt like you made an impact? Um, I think most recently, I don't know if you guys saw the story that my colleague and I wrote about Apitamin, you know, the weight gain syrup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's we made quite a huge impact. We did get some backlash from people who were like, like loved the syrup despite all its flaws. But um, we got it taken down from essentially almost every social media site, mostly. Like um, we got it confirmed, we got confirmed like information that it essentially shouldn't be on most social media websites. And I think that would be like something kind of life-saving as well mm-hmm. because it's so dangerous to use. But um, that, is the most recent thing I can think of. Yeah. yeah. I also think that like even your, when I was reading that story, I was intrigued because I haven't seen it and like a lot of other news sites and stuff like that. And I think that yeah. a lot of the stories that you cover, I feel like it goes against traditional media, which I like a lot because like a lot of times I feel like with BuzzFeed, they're so intact with like everyday pop culture and everyday news. Like the syrup, I feel like was so big on social media, but like mainstream media just wasn't aware of it. And again, like a lot of the people impacted in the article was like a lot of black women. So yeah. I'm like happy that like, you know, you guys are able to stop them and not fall for the traps of mm-hmm. people selling it. It's insane. Yeah, that's so important. It's crazy how many people use it. And they're literally like, even like getting it confirmed that it's actually illegal was so hard because there was no like information 
So it was literally like, hi, is this allowed? Is this allowed? Is this, is this there? Is this, can someone confirm it? Like even the company hasn't said a word yet. That makes it like. And is, sorry, is the company so based it, in Europe? India. Oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that like a lot of like in like the like lifestyle space, I've seen a lot of people either selling these syrups, selling these like diet pills and stuff like that and like swearing up and down that it works and then like But they never go into detail about what, what you're actually using, which is so dangerous. Yeah. Remember that, that happened with the hood doctor on Clubhouse? Yeah. Spreading like, false information, him and celebrities like Tiffany Haddish, like yeah. just unprovoked advice. Yeah, and it's insane because a lot of times like the black community falls for it time and time and again. Um, because they trust these people you know what I mean yeah. all these people are claiming that syrups like this work and stuff like that it's like really disgusting but like my favorite thing about you is that like you're kind of living a lot of Somali girls dreams because you're a BTS fan and you got to interview BTS um how was that experience <laughs> and was it hard to balance being a professional but also being a huge fan like I'm a huge Justin Bieber fan if they ever tell me to interview <laughs> that man they gonna fire me on the job ah Justin <laughs> <laughs> If you ever interview Justin, girl, feel free to FaceTime me. I'll throw in a few questions for you. <laughs> Please, I don't think, I don't even know if I'll keep her cool, but um, yeah. yeah, for BTS, I think I kind of kept it hidden that I was a fan. I told them, like, by email when I was arranging, like, I'm a fan. And they were like, cool, you'll know about BTS and stuff then. And I was like, yeah. But they never explored it further. They just left it. And then on the day of the interview, I was still, like, very much work mode, typing on my laptop doing the quiz for them, whatever. And then at the end, I was like, by the way, I'm actually a really big fan. Um, just <laughs> spoke at them for like five minutes and whatever, like really, really quickly. Cause I was like, they are not, people are gonna get angry. Shouldn't be doing this, but um, it's fine. I'm just fine. trying to imagine myself in your shoes. Like if that was Drake for me, I would literally collapse. Like I just I could not handle it. But um, I know your job like requires you to constantly be involved in what's currently happening and having a social media presence does it like get overwhelming being like having your job be that you're in everyone's like business or do you feel the pressure to have like certain stories like be published and stuff like that like I hope I make sense uh, yeah but I'm not really in everyone's business um I kind of just lurk now I don't really use the yeah that's the right word lurking. <laughs> literally like I think Recently, I went like two weeks and I didn't use my Twitter account. I just didn't go on it. Is Yasmin yeah. still here? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, it's kind of, it is hard because I'll take time off. And then if I don't kind of transition back to back online, mm. I'll start work and not realize what has been going on. Yeah. Like, it's like kind of things like I was off during um, the time the Cash Me Outside girl went viral. And I started work and I was like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. <laughs> what is funny? It just, it takes like a minute or two when you realize that the internet just moves so fast, like yeah. crazy fast. Does it like, like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you ever feel like, so we uh, had this episode about digitally detoxing and like kind of like taking time off social media and like not feeling the pressures of it, but because it's kind of like connected to your job, do you ever feel overwhelmed? Like you're just like, I just wish I had a break from all this. Oh yeah, definitely I do. Okay. I, do like I don't like social media the way I used to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there's just too much over familiarity that has come with it. And what people just expect you to be available nonstop. And mm -hmm. when you're not, they take it offensively. But it's literally like I can't see everything. 
Yeah. How do you prioritize your mental health with all this? Like what's like some tips and stuff for people who are in the journalism space and how they can prioritize their mental health? I've basically, I don't know if I brainwashed myself, but I basically believe that people are having a go at you online are just, they have the best intentions because they're only saying something to you because they mean well, like in, in the back of it, they're either like defending someone because they like them or they believe that they're good or it, it's just, I always just tell myself that it's rooted in some kind of good, even if they're yeah. like, kind of, go kill yourself. It's, it's rooted in some good energy somewhere deep, 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 deep down. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they, they don't know the full story. So I'll yeah. just look at it like, okay, you don't know. And I'm not going to tell you because if I start explaining things to one person, it's just because going to become a habit I don't need to explain myself to strangers exactly I love that mindset because it's like people feel like you owe them an explanation and you don't because it's your life and so like during the pandemic I know a lot of celebrities are out here going on vacations and stuff like how did you manage not to produce insensitive like content or content that would be like sensitive to certain groups and types of people um I think it's literally just my experiences like I got COVID very early on in March mm. so like my whole family did so I think then it was just like we knew it was bad and our whole area got it pretty bad we had mm. the highest death rate in our area in the country mm. so like the Somali population had COVID really bad I think they still do now with the new peak but I think it it was easier for me to be empathetic to people because I experienced mm. it but either way it's like just be a bit humane and mm-hmm. I guess with some celebrities they're out of touch with what goes on day to day in society because they don't really like integrate like that yeah. the way we would yeah so, I also yeah. noticed it was a lot of like what you all re- refer to like presenters and stuff like that like and you were telling me earlier I guess in the UK and stuff like they can work I guess but it was like it's super like weird because I'm like a lot of the stuff they're doing it looks like they can do from home so I was like, I don't know, like, why are you rubbing on people's faces that you can still have your job <laughs> while the rest of us are home? Yeah, it's very yeah. insensitive. Like, it comes across very grimy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I, I'm assuming they're taking the precautions mm-hmm. to do their jobs. And also, they would also, I'm assuming, be in bubbles and not okay. mix with people. That makes mm-hmm. sense. They're seeing the same colleagues nonstop. And also, we have to remember that these companies have been paying rent for the products and the building. Mm. They'll probably force people to still use it. At the end of the day, there are bigger companies at play than the presenters we see. Yeah, that's true. Um, where do you find your inspiration for stories and your overall writing? Um, just like my friends and my community. A lot mm-hmm. of stuff that I write is literally just stuff that we'd be talking about in the group chat or literally I'm connected to in some way or another it's very rare for me to write something entirely random unless like it's a huge news story and I've been told to write it but um most times yeah I think if you go through stuff I do is literally just this is my interest this is Mm -hmm. something I think should change this yeah it's literally always connected to me in one way or another so it sounds like you get like your inspiration from the Nognals in your life. So I wanted to ask you, who's a Nognal that you look up to and inspired you and your journey? This is so corny. My mom. 
<laughs> it's not corny at all. <laughs> um, most of my stories actually do come from her. Um, mm. And I, I just, I admire how resilient she is. Mm. No, that's amazing. A lot of people have said they're moms and it's always funny because they're like, I'm so sorry, guys. I know everybody said it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not another one. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Our Somalis are amazing. No, but thank you so much for coming, Karan. I know it's a bit late for you. In the United Kingdom. I'm so happy that we got to interview. I truly have, like, if there's a role model or someone to look up to in the journalism space, oh the first one I think of is you. Wallahi, like, you, you know, really, if you need any help or advice, which you just ask me whenever, send me your CV, whatever. Just yeah. Yes, I will for sure. Because, like, going girl, going to like an all predominantly white high school like it was so amazing to see like a Somali journalist that like was like such a dream of mine so yeah I just hope yeah. you know that like you're a big deal <laughs> yeah. no your no your work is so amazing and I think that like mashallah like so many people are really inspired by you because like again you do balance like so much things and it's just so beautiful to see somebody who looks like us but also like cares about the community in the space mm-hmm. that you hold. so we really need more of you in this world so um where can our listeners keep up to you and follow you and Look at the amazing work you're doing. Um, you can find my work on the BuzzFeed News website. Just Google Ikran Dahir should come up. Or my social media, which is a bit more chaotic, but the link is in the bio, at mm. Ikran on Twitter and at Ikran DD on Instagram. Yeah. I couldn't get my name there, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who got that ad? Give it back to Ikran. <laughs> I, I check her profile every day. <laughs> She doesn't use it. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was looking for the Yazzie app and it hasn't been uh, used since 2012. I'm like, give it to me. I tried reporting her a few times. Her profile picture went down. So I guess she's logging in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all right, Karan, if you're hearing this, give my good sis the, the app back. Give, that, give, her the sis, give her the app. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but thank you so much. Really, 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 really